Good morning and welcome to Hangouts and Headlines here on September 19th, 2022. If you're really watching closely at home, you can see me go and check the date to make sure I get it right because it is early here in the Eastern time zone of the United States. And I know there's a lot going on this morning. So if you are joining me, thank you so much, especially to my uh, British United Kingdom fans. I know that folks are uh, watching the funeral right now. Um, and I believe the procession and things like that. At least this is what co-counsel told me. Um, so if you are dropping in uh, from that particular neck of the woods, thank you. I really appreciate it. Uh, as you probably could tell from the thumbnail or the description or the tweets I did about this episode, I think this is going to have to be at least a little bit more serious uh, of one of these discussions. So we're going to be taking it slow. We're going to be easing into our week uh, here on Monday. But the one thing I would say to everybody, and I'm going to talk to you all as we do hangouts to start out with and see where you're hanging out from and you know whether or not you are watching the procession or anything else, uh, is that this is going to be an area of sensitivity uh, for at least some folks. Uh, you know, Some of you are fans of people that are on YouTube uh, and that are otherwise talking about law with you, uh, what uh, some folks otherwise call YouTube, uh, LawTube in certain cases. And I do think that um, some of this is going to prove to be a little bit incendiary uh, not from my side, uh, but from other sides. So I do want to give that word of warning. We're going to try to keep our heads here. We're going to try to keep that reasonable mind approach to looking at things and trying, even with what we're going to talk about that has happened over the last, oh, I don't know, 72 hours uh, on social media uh, against some folks that you might otherwise watch. Uh, we're going to try to keep our heads. We're going to try to look at things from both sides as we do. That is always more difficult when you do have a vested interest or when you know the actual people involved. Uh, and so we're going to be tested today, this morning, folks. What better time to be tested than Monday morning? Uh, am I right? Uh, so, folks, where are you hanging out? What are you looking at? What are you doing? What, how's your day gone if you're in the future from where I am? Australians, how was Monday? Was it a solid Monday? I always want to know that. Uh, let's, see, let's see where folks are. Uh, good morning from Montana. Good morning, Montana. Midnight Dreary. It's a good name. like it. Good morning, Hogue. Good morning. It's going to be a good morning. It's going to be a good Monday, I think. It's going to be a good day. We're going to show the world here in this community, on this channel, through these videos, uh, that reasonable people can talk about these things, even when uh, they are otherwise uh, emotional uh, and sensitive, uh, even for me. Uh, good morning from Pittsburgh. Good morning, Pittsburgh. Good morning from Massachusetts. Today is a day, by the way, after a Detroit Lions NFL professional football victory, which I feel like is not going to be something I can say very often on Monday morning hangouts and headlines. So we'll just announce that here. They won three games last year. Uh, so they're already up to a third of their win total from the whole season last year. So let's go Lions. Absolutely. Um, let's see here. Uh, I'm deeply angry about this guy. Not going to lie, says Sardinisms, but hopefully I'm too tired to get spicy about it. We're not going to be spicy here. We're going to just go over and describe what has happened. And we're going to describe how, uh, you know, one of the really interesting things, if you follow along with these stories, is just how much those folks that portend claim to be the defenders, the protectors against toxicity in whatever environment they're talking about, wind up being the purveyors of that toxicity. Uh, and I don't know that I can think of a greater example than what we've seen in the last 72 hours. Uh, so we'll be talking about that, of course. 
We've got an early start in Memphis. Good morning, Memphis. People are saying hello from Cleveland, Tennessee. I didn't know there was a Cleveland, Tennessee. Hey, that's awesome. Uh, it's a sunny day in the UK. I've been led to believe by media and pop culture that those are rare. Is that accurate? How, how sunny is it often in the UK? Let me know. Yo, Colorado, says Austin. Hello, Colorado. Uh, good morning from Salt Lake City, Utah. The blocky states. Colorado, Utah. Good times. Uh, hi, Texas is sleepy still. I'm sleepy still, and I'm east of Texas. <laughs> good morning from Sweden. It's 1.30 and it's lunchtime. I hope you're having a good lunch. Uh, good morning from Fairfax, Virginia, from the Netherlands, from Niagara Falls, Ontario. Good morning from Nevada. I was watching the Queen's funeral until just now. Priorities. Yeah, that's super early, right? Because I think co-counsel here was telling me it was, it was a 4 a.m. wake up to watch that. So it's got to be even earlier in Nevada. It's lawyer math right there. Time zones to the west even earlier. Until you cross that date line. Am I right, Australia? Alabama. Good morning. Good morning from the future in Berlin. It's nice. It's a good future, Berlin. All right. Uh, tongue out emoji. I don't know if I've seen that one before. At least not too often. Scotland. Good morning from the UK. Northeast Florida. Good morning, Secret McSquirrel. Good morning, Nat Sarah. Afternoon from Finland. Good morning from London, which feels a bit like another planet at the moment. I bet all eyes on you. You feel all the people watching on their TVs. Uh, love Lawyers and Dragons on Saturday. Yeah, if you missed it, Lawyers and Dragons was a fun one. I think the group's really gotten into a zone. Uh, and we've got more fun surprises coming for you um, in, in future episodes. We're starting to dial in uh, how long we think the campaign will be and when we think the ending will be. So we'll probably get that announced. Uh, I'll be talking with David about that just so folks can have a feeling uh, for what the arc of the season is likely to be. And if you like that, you know, let us know, uh, you know, like, subscribe, do all the YouTube stuff. Uh, but um, just let us know, you know, what you like about the format, what you don't, what you think it can be improved. Uh, you know, we've got the dice coming up on screen more often, all that good stuff. We can always be improving, always be improving, folks, always be improving. Um, and so it's a, it's a fun show to do because unlike some campaigns, um, it really is getting more popular. You're seeing more people engage with it. And it's uh, that's very satisfying as somebody that, you know, helps put these things together. So that's very cool. Thank you. I'm, I'm so glad that you liked it. Um, uh, accounting tube is for those of us who can't sleep, right? Accounting is a tricky thing to make exciting. Um, honestly, business law, people would, people told me, that uh, this channel wouldn't work because we're primarily talking about business and contracts and things. It's like, I don't know. I don't know, folks. The, the companies that make things are uh, are the ones that are really important and they're the ones doing this kind of stuff in the news. I think people are going to be interested. Uh, and thankfully for me, you know, it's also an era of just a lot of business deals and a lot of things going on that folks are interested in. So the, the channel has been working. Uh, good morning from Hermitage, Pennsylvania. That's very cool. Only been working for three hours before you stream in Colorado. That is early. Well, good morning or midday, Colorado. Afternoon from the UK. Good morning from Missouri. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Australia. Oh, our lovable Lions. Big win yesterday. Tried to give it up. More importantly, go blue. I'm very excited about the Michigan Wolverines, but I just can't take those games very seriously. Yay. We beat the absolute stuffing out of Yukon. Okay. 
Looking forward to seeing him play a team. Uh, oh, good morning. Uh, let's see here. I am dealing with a person at work exactly like that today, honestly. So I'm very over this boozy idiocy. We'll, we'll be talking about uh, Bot Sentinel. We'll be talking about Mr. Boozy um, because it was. Um, I know you guys like to make jokes about my innocence and whatnot. And to be honest, I haven't been as online as some of my colleagues. Uh, but it was eye opening to see this happen in real time. Um, and then to go to look for the receipts this morning in researching the video, only to find that most of the really damning stuff was instantaneously deleted by the perpetrator, um, which, you know, in court, the legal system is potentially usable as evidence uh, of a mental state, knowledge of, of what has been done uh, and, and why it might be, well, let's use his word, problematic. Uh, and it, it's actually really, really wild um, to see happen. And, and this is not to say that I think that the overall thrust of there are issues with YouTube that could be fixed, that could be made better is a wrong one. Uh, and we'll see that when I go through the Taylor Lorenz article, in all honesty. I think there are some problems with that article. I think that that's kind of just the way she writes at this point. But I think overall, the, the concept within the article isn't something that you can just dis dismiss out of hand. Um, and so I'll probably be more genteel about that article than you may be expecting. Uh, if you just arrive, we're, we're going to get to that. I promise we're going to do headlines. Uh, we're we're going to start out here still talking to people, but there's a lot that happened in the last 72 hours. And, and it, frankly, it, it's not, it's not stuff uh, that a person with a mantra of reasonable minds can differ is all too terribly happy about. Um, and I'm, I'm also not going to defend, you know, each and every person that comments on legal things on YouTube. I, I, I don't think anybody agrees with everyone else 100% of the time. And I will tell you, quite frankly, that there's a lot of folks on channels that I can appear on, that I otherwise comment on, uh, that, that I probably disagree with more than I agree with. Um, but that's, that's reasonable minds can differ. That's, that's having conversations. That's opening and expanding horizons. That's learning and growing. Um, and so there is also some kind of guilt by association stuff happening here. And it's just the absolute antithesis of that adult conversation. Um, and it's uh, it's startling, uh, you know, for someone of my seasoning uh, and uh, experience. Uh, and so we'll, we'll get to that. You can probably tell that this is one of those where it's like, hmm, hmm, we're going to have to talk about this because it warrants talking about. Uh, but I very much wish uh, that it didn't. Um, so we'll get to that. So thank you, Calista, for the comment. I really appreciate it. Uh, what else we got here? We got Grass Lake, Michigan. We've got good morning from Oklahoma City. We got New Hampshire. We got Yorkshire. I think that's right, right? So in, in America, we're going to say Shire, New Hampshire. Well, I guess we say sure there. Monday morning, folks. It's, it's sure either way, I think, Yorkshire. Fritz can, can explain to me how I pronounced that wrong, and it's actually supposed to be pronounced Swansea, uh, but <laughs> let me know. Uh, let's see. I got up five in the morning just to watch uh, the funeral, presumably, or this show. Good afternoon from Scotland. Evening from New Zealand. Good morning from Minnesota. Highland, UK, Phoenix. I uh, got the funeral on TV. Hogue on the laptop. It's an odd serenade in the background. Are they playing music right now? Yeah, you get a little, get a little musical accompaniment. Uh, maybe it makes me sound more serious. I don't know. Good afternoon from Poland. Good afternoon, Poland. 
uh, morning from more Pen Pennsylvania is well represented this morning. I think Pennsylvania is winning. At least not the ones that I click on. But, uh, Lawyers and Dragons was great. Hashtag Glitterblade. Yeah, should we get a shirt? Hashtag Glitterblade. Speaking of shirts, this is not, I'm not uh, trying to grift here uh, as, uh, as my colleagues have been accused of. Uh, but the store finally did open. I actually have to add the description to the video because I'm dumb and forgot to do that. Uh, but one thing I do know, if you go to Trees of Eternity, which is actually the lawyersanddragons.com, uh, that's been set to a redirect to the store. So if you're interested in seeing, we've got these hats, we've got Lawyers and Dragons stuff, we've got a drawing from my daughter who is so, so happy with how many people have, have been saying really nice things about her video game playing dinosaur uh, that you can uh, that you can absolutely check out. I will add the link later. Uh, Co-counsel is going to be so mad at me. Because uh, this was all her labor of love. She's been working on it for months. Uh, and so please do give it a check. Uh, but uh, I will add that link. Otherwise, you can see it in the Last Lawyers and Dragons description. If you go to Trees of Eternity, you can find it. Otherwise, it's it's currently on my Shopify kind of um, bullet points before we get the custom URLs and things all set up. Uh, so check it out. It's very interesting. Uh, we're very proud of it. I never, ever would have been able to do it on my own. And so, um, you know, when Mrs. Hoglaw comes into chat, uh, when she, when the kids are are taken to school, uh, which would probably be about 15, 20 minutes, you know, just let her know uh, that that's very, very cool. That'd be, that'd be awesome. Um, Brett with a super chat. I really love red hate when people say I am a first amendment absolutist, but then say something like, but that speech is dangerous. I'm not a fan of people labeling speech with subjective words, really the root of this issue going to be honest with you, Britt, I think the root of the issue from at least one's perspective um, is uh, power. Um, you know, if if you have the capability of saying something should not be heard um, and you're just the person to establish what that is, uh, that's a tremendous amount of power. Um, and I think that's what you are actually looking at right now is is trying to establish a certain level of authority that gives you that power. Um, and then establish the the mechanisms and the reasoning behind why that power should be wielded. Um, I do not think uh, that who you are dealing with on social media here or, or who my legal colleagues are dealing with is um, an idiot. I don't think that. I don't think they are uh, silly. I think they are focused um, and they are using tactics and techniques are not, that are not above board. Uh, and that do risk seriously damaging people's livelihoods and reputations. Um, and we're going to call that out here. Uh, but I think what you're looking at is a, an individual uh, that sees an opportunity to seize power. Um, and I can't promise you that he's not going to do it. Uh, so we're going to keep fighting the good fight here. We're going to keep talking about these things. But unfortunately, one of the aspects of fighting that good fight, and we'll talk about this as well, is um, defending the indefensible is talking about uh, speech or content or videos or commentary uh, that you or I might not like. Um, you know, I, I said, I think earlier in a video last week, I ser certainly said it on Rob's video or the pre or post show. At this point, they all blend together. I've been online a lot in the last four days uh, that uh, I don't want to be in the tug defense business. I don't want to be in the whatever the other name of the guy was defense business these things are outside my control and there's a lot of stuff that are not things that i would ever back as a concept uh but that uh you know we we really need to consider whether or not we want 
the Christopher Boozies of the world or the YouTubes of the world or the YouTube black box robot algorithm or Susan Wojcicki uh, actually deciding on what you or I can hear. Um, and that's that's where the line is drawn. But you're right. On social media, a lot of the time you get this kind of I'm all for free speech, which, you know, is like the pre predecessor to the comma. But I'm not really. Um, and, and that is that is definitely what is happening with a lot of the commentary here. And to be honest with you, um, I, I get concerned about the traction that kind of notion might have. So, I mean, one of the reasons one of the reasons I'm out here doing this video, when to be quite frank, I'd rather be talking about something else with you, is that I think this is important enough uh, that we have to address. Um, so I really, really appreciate the super chat, Britt. You know, uh, you, you've been such a strong supporter of the channel. We, we can't do it without support from folks like you and folks on the Utreon and the Patreon. And the YouTube membership, the YouTube membership for the channel is is just flying. And some of that's because of folks like Lucky and others gifting memberships, but other people, you know, selected this on their own. Um, that's really heartening uh, because I do think that we are potentially entering into what is an existential fight for what the platforms of the internet can be. We are not days removed from the president of the United States uh, suggesting that uh, the, the platforms need to be regulated to such an extent uh, that I truthfully think that user generated content might be fully threatened as in non-existent because the liabilities would be too great. And I, I think that would be a shame for basically everyone on earth. Um, and so we're going to we're going to pick up that sword, whether I want to or not, because I feel it's important um, and, and support like yours is is helping make that possible. So thank you, Britt. And I apologize for the, the you know, this is my talking to the client uh, about the bad things we have to deal with in the contract kind of voice. Some of you might not be used to it, uh, but I think we need to treat it with the um, severity it deserves. Um, so I'm definitely going to do that. So thank you so much, Britt. I really appreciate it. Mrs. Hoglaw has showed up. Folks, tell her how awesome the story is, will you? I I, I really appreciate you, honey. Um, and uh, I've gotten nothing but compliments on it. Um, and they shouldn't go to me at all. I deserve none of it. Um, so tell Mrs. Hoglaw uh, how great it is. And I do apologize for serious Monday morning. We'll go from casual Friday to like dour, apocalyptic Monday morning. But I, I do feel it's necessary. Britt, you followed up directly with another super chat. Britt. You are the best. I appreciate it. I know all about defending stuff. I do not agree with myself. I spent eight years in the USMC, and I really do not like 80% of the people I meet. <laughs> LOL. Well, I mean, just in my line of work, you're definitely not going to like every one of your clients. Now, after leaving big law, you get to pick and choose a little bit more, uh, and I do try to exercise those powers. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's the nature of this thing. Uh, you know, we're going to be talking about stuff that as a concept... I almost certainly don't agree with. Um, and yet the notion of their being able to say it without harassment, without national publications um, doing this kind of thing, without somebody coming in guerrilla warfare style and, and sniping at them until they snipe back, deleting the originals and then getting them banned from Twitter. Yeah, that's a part of our story this morning. Um, so we'll we'll talk about that as well. Kern Grisdale with the first link, the chain is forged. Now, that sounds like a reference to something. If it's a reference to something I should be uh, knowledgeable of, I apologize, Kern. Let me know what that is. But yeah, um, you know, we definitely we definitely have to take this stuff seriously uh, when we shouldn't have to. I mean, it's obvious trolling. It's obvious harassment, that kind of thing. Uh, but we we're going to have to take it seriously. Um, uh, as as Nate, the lawyer would say, Nate, Nate is engaged. 
Um, and so, yeah, we're going to, we're going to have to have that conversation. Um, Ms. Hoglaw, the store is awesome. I'm going to get a hat when I get paid again. That is super cool. Callista. Let us know what hat you get. I love the hats. I, I know this is a surprise to you all. I love hats. Um, so yeah. Um, Law of improbability. At this point, the core defense against the blindness and abusive tyranny is people remembering the difference between hated speech and intimidation. That is a flimsy barrier, hence Peter Zenger. Um, and I don't know that reference either. Perhaps it's just my Monday. I apologize. Um, Kelly, I'm one of those people who wants people to say their truth out loud because I am not a bot. And I can agree or disagree, but I at least know where we both stand. We should want people to not be frightened of of saying their thoughts, even if they are uncomfortable, even if they are not what the majority otherwise believes. And yes, that doesn't mean that you can't cross lines and get to a place that we should say, no, no, that is not a way that anybody should be conducting themselves in discourse. Uh, but when you say, hey, no, no, we have to hand over the reins to that to Susan, or we have to hand over the reins to that uh, to Congress, or we have to hand over the reins of that to Christopher Boozy, um, that's where you lose me. Um, we have to be able to evaluate these things ourselves. Xenob's free speech is massively important, and these people trying to limit it can lead to dangerous territory, even when that speech can often make my own personal background a source of ridicule. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be comfortable. It very often isn't. Uh, it's possible when we get to some of these things that we're going to talk about today, I'll, I'll start talking about some of my experiences with being, I, I don't even know, moderately popular on YouTube. I feel since you, you pass play button, you're, you're at least able to say about some of this stuff, how people react to these things. I've talked about the fact I've gotten hate mail. I've talked about the fact I've gotten, you know, troll reviews on the law firm that still haven't been scrubbed because Google is terrible. Um, and I will fully back, you know, the Washington Post and hell, even Christopher Boozy on, you know, YouTube doesn't do a lot to actually help clean up its streets, as it were. Um, I don't think it's the kind of issue that is as systemic as Ms. Lorenz or Mr. Boozy. Uh, and I certainly don't agree with the tactics that are used, especially uh, by Mr. Boozy. But uh, YouTube is fully, fully within the zone of acceptable criticism. I criticize it all the time. Um, and uh, I'm happy to talk on those issues. But yeah, is it Picard? Oh, is it Drumhead? I'm sorry. Fantastic episode. Fantastic episode. And uh, yeah, there's a number, you know, Star Trek The Next Generation has a number of good court uh, episodes. I've talked about Measure of a Man. Drumhead is about, um, you know, getting too far into a militaristic tribunal uh, to even see that you're creating issues in your own head and using the legal process uh, in a way that is uh, completely anathema to what it should be doing, seeking justice. Uh, there's another great episode of Battlestar Galactica that explores similar themes. So, yeah, I know. Thank you, everybody. Uh, thank you. Uh, Nicholas, when Boozy cancels people, which he did, he is depriving me of my right to choose. Now I have lines in the sand as well, but that line is mine and mine alone. As long as we're talking about next generation, the line must be drawn here and no further. Um, so, yes, absolutely. Thank you so much for the super chat and, and the support of the channel. I really appreciate it. Uh, Darth Mac, I only worry that someone will go after my elder, elderly father thinking he's me, same name. Well, we're going to talk about part of that story today as well, unfortunately, without receipts, because those receipts have been deleted. Um, so we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it. Um, WD Prescott, what upsets me in, is the naivete of people that it's social media that made it bad. The world has always been a cesspool. Social media just allowed it to be out in the open. Censorship will just put it in the dark 
again. Well, yeah. Um, I am an optimist. You know this about me. I'm a positive person. Reasonable minds can differ. I believe in hearing people out. I believe in taking a bad idea and a silly idea and saying, sir, here are the reasons why that's a silly idea. Here's the, here are the reasons why we don't do that. You saw me, in all likelihood, cover the Johnny Depp versus Amber Heard trial. You saw me try to pull people back. I don't agree with my colleagues all the time, and I don't agree with the way they present themselves all the time. And in fact, I think mistakes were made this weekend in how uh, certain of my colleagues presented themselves in terms of having the best rhetorical effect. But I am not the head of LawTube. Uh, I am not in charge of anyone. I am not my brother's or my sister's keeper, and they are their own people. And that's a great thing. Who wants to be ruled by Rick Hogue? No one. No one should want that. I don't want to be making decisions for what you hear or what somebody else says, but I can say, yes, you could see some of the things that happened this week and go the direction that they did because passions were inflamed. Um, and I don't blame folks for that. I don't, I'm never going to blame a human being for defending themselves against what are unmitigated and unwarranted attacks. That is what happened this weekend. Uh, but there are ways to do it that I think could have been more fruitful. So with all that, right, uh, we've, we've been talking around all of this. I wanted to make sure we said hi to folks. Calista, I'm very sorry. I'm very sorry for your opinion on this. I appreciate your vote. Uh, moving forward, I struggle with the difference between censorship and banning. There's stuff I don't want kids to see. Oh, absolutely. Uh, kids are another bundle of, of sticks here to discuss. But stopping us from doing research is a problem. Yeah, yeah. I, the one thing I would offer on kids is it's a similar kind of concept. You don't really want some higher power deciding for you uh, what, what works and what doesn't, that these things are so uh, horrible that they can't exist uh, and that people get banned. That said, you know, I've been pre-watching stuff that I'm planning to watch with the family for my entire fatherhood career. Um, so I, I, I pre-watch stuff. I talk to co-counsel. I say, okay, is this something that works or not? Um, is this a concern of ours? for this age group, for this age group, for this age group. Um, and it's boring, right? By the time you get to the second watch, it's not the awesomest thing in the world, but it's a necessary part of, of doing this thing uh, called parenthood, I think. So, you know, it's a little bit easier as they get older. Um, but yeah, uh, it's uh, it's fun. Um, and, and I agree with Jason Kennedy entirely here. Think of the children. It's a dangerous line of justification. In fact, usually... By the time you get to defending a law or a regulation or a rule or a procedure with uh, just think of the children, I will dismiss you. That's uh, the last vestige of something that clearly doesn't make logical sense uh, because we still have that agency. We still can say, OK, no, you're not going to do this. You're not going to watch this. You're not going to play this, whatever it might be. Um, and saying that it should not be allowed because of the children is taking away agency from adults. Um, right, that should be potentially permitted to do these things. This is one of the conversations we have about things like loot boxes. We say, oh, you get kids into gambling and things like that. So, yeah, that could potentially be a problem. Maybe it needs to be, you know, noted or marked or these kinds of things. But for, for the most part, adults should be able to do loot boxes if they want to. Um, and I, I um, recognize that that's a that's a tricky that's a tricky issue, uh, but that uh, we need to be able to have that agency to allow for those things. So if you tell me, think of the children. If we get to that point when we're talking about a law or rule or regulation, then well you've probably lost me uh, as uh, as someone that's going to back up your play. Brit, Brit, you, you, 
I really appreciate the support. This is the third super chat. You don't have to do this, friend. I, but I really appreciate it. Limiting people's speech just limits my ability to identify who is a bigot, racist, or idiot. It does. Let people reveal themselves. Do not push them out. It does not solve the problem. just makes them harder to identify. Um, yeah, I mean, I think, I, I, I actually think the tools on something like Twitter where you can block or you can mute or you can have these interactions yourself are in entirely warranted, right? You do not have to listen to me. I, com I complain about journalists, especially in gaming, blocking me because I think it's silly um, because I'm never coming with ad hominems. I'm only ever criticizing work and output and product. But, um, you know, if they want to block, I think that's totally fine. I'm never going to take that away from people. When you start to ask dad, when you start to ask mom, when you start to ask the government or Twitter or Susan um, to do it for you, you just are trying to out offload your own judgment. Um, and while that can be more comfortable, and I do think some people seek that, uh, I think ultimately that's dangerous for the entire process. And you do get into bubbles, right? You do get into bubbles of Twitter taking action when it shouldn't have taken action. You see them apologizing for things like the the, the Hunter Biden laptop story uh, getting crushed in, in 2020. And I think that's a valid apology and people can make mistakes. And I think that's fine. We covered it here on YouTube. Um, but you shouldn't want them to take those, those out of your hands. Right. You want to be able to judge those for yourself. Oh, that's stupid. That's not a real news item or, oh, wow, that would really, you know, that would change my opinion of X, Y or Z. Uh, you don't want somebody in Silicon Valley making that decision for you. I mean, that's that's the real truth of the matter. Um, oh, hey, Legal Bites. Hey, good afternoon. Cheers. It's a little early for me to have a beer emoji, but I appreciate it. Maybe root beer um, or maybe just tea. I'd say it's in celebration of, you know, our, our UK friends, but I drink tea like every morning. So. Maybe we're always celebrating our UK friends. Um, okay, now, we do have a few things to talk about here. Uh, like I said, folks, this is going to be an area of sensitivity. There are going to be folks that are you're probably fans of or that you probably listen to or that you probably watch um, that have been affected over the last 72 hours by a particular individual acting. And I'm going to start out by the saying one thing. Generally speaking, my uh, stance on this is to not give oxygen to trolls. Uh, to not uh, respond to them, to ignore them as much as you can, uh, and to respond if you just can't ignore them anymore because their acts are too egregious or honestly because you're a human being too, to respond with facts. Not ad hominem attacks. You know that about me, I think, by now. Um, and in this particular instance, I, I think things got impassioned and inflamed, and I think it's easy to understand why. Uh, but we're not going to do that here. So we're going to talk about the facts. We're going to talk about what happened. We're going to talk about why I think uh, it was unwarranted and how this escalated and how it will continue to escalate because unfortunately, uh, I think for Mr. Boozy and Bot Sentinel, uh, they have found a group uh, online that is willing to uh, fight back uh, and in a way that, um, I, I will say this, I, Mr. Boozy has manipulated to, to look like the savior. Um, and so with that said, Let's take a look at a little bit about what I'm talking about, because some of you might be like, oh, I know I'm not on Twitter. Uh, what are you crazies doing? And so let's let's pull this up. So over the last 72 hours, which is going to lead into the Washington Post article, which is the top of the headlines, this individual, Christopher Boozy, who is the CEO and head and spokesperson of a company called Bot Sentinel, which we've covered now in a couple of episodes uh, over the last week, um, started to um, kind of swing uh, at uh, some of my fellow lawyer commenters uh, on on YouTube. Um, and this is kind of the 
first, I think. It might be a mid kind of range. Uh, oblique reference to that process. He says a group of YouTubers and their fans are upset about the scrutiny they are receiving. They better get used to it because we're just getting started with YouTube. Now, if you recall in this space, we covered the Rolling Stone article that credulously spoke about the work that Mr. Boozy and Bot Sentinel had done about misogyny on YouTube. And here I'm going to say what I said in that video, which is I don't actually think it's that hard to find misogynists on YouTube. I don't know that it's that hard to find misogynists in society. I think that's a shame. I think that any kind of ism, really thinking about another individual by group identity or characteristics and thinking that any given identity or characteristics is less than you is a mistake, right? That's the exact opposite of what reasonable minds can differ can mean, which is, hey, respect everybody's individual and everybody's humanity. But what was happening in this report was accusations that saying bad things about Amber Heard made you a misogynist. And this is one of the fundamental issues um, that we wind up having with this entire line of thought, which is that um, if we are going to believe in, in equality, equal treatment of any group, men, women, different religions, different races, different anything, then one of the things that we have to accept as, as rhetorically true is that people in each group have to be able to have agency. Uh, that means that people in minority groups can be bad actors. Christopher Boozy appears to be in a minority group. I can't promise that because I can't promise anything about anything he says is truthful, but that's what his profile image shows. Uh, and he can be a bad actor. Amber Heard can be a woman and can be a bad actor. And saying that a member of a minority group, a woman, is a bad actor doesn't make that stance in and of itself some kind of ist stance, some kind of ism. Right. And that actually saying those things, being able to say those things in free society and not be accused of these kinds of things that Mr. Boozy throws out there is what we should be striving for to evaluate people as people, as individuals, and to have that evaluation not be reflective of an entire group. I do not think that every woman is Amber Heard for Pete's sake. But I do think, and this still saddens me to this day, you saw it on my face this year while covering the trial. It saddens me to this day that I believe that Amber Heard was lying fundamentally because those lies are so heinous that I hate to think that that is a possibility in all honesty. And I know, I know, some are child, some are hog, whatever. Um, that's totally fair. Um, but it saddens me. It saddens me. Um, and yet I still think it because I think that is the truth. Now, this is projection as it is, because we went over this report, we found it to be wanting. We talked about the filler pages of copyright infringement material that has nothing to do with isms and generally doesn't raise the passions of the people that are looking at YouTube while under the heading of, I can't even remember all the words he put under there, xenophobic, transphobic, uh, racist, uh, misogynist YouTube and what have you with 25 pages of filler. And um, so we commented on this and, and this this was not loved uh, by Mr. Boozy, right? Um, and this is this is kind of how he operates here is he doesn't use specifics so that he can always kind of disclaim whatever he's talking about. And you see that with some of the stuff we'll be talking about with Nate, where he disclaims what he was doing um, in a way that is completely um, unbelievable, literally. Um, and he's ha he has this threat, just to give you kind of the approach it takes. I had an opportunity to watch a YouTube lawyer discuss a report, and it was clear he didn't read the report. Now, I have to believe that this isn't me, because we went through the report page by page live on the stream and really no one realistically could accuse us of not reading the report. It's also worth noting that even though we're going to go through these lists, even though I've been on these streams, 
I didn't identify any attacks on me. So for those of you concerned about that, um, that didn't appear to happen. That's fine. That's neither here nor there. Uh, but that didn't happen with respect to me. Others that kind of only glanced in and, and had comments, um, uh, such as such as Emily D. Baker, who's at an airport lounge somewhere or, or, or loading up for flight number 600 in the last six days, um, got blocked <laughs> for essentially saying, hmm, uh, this is starting to look like ad hominem attacks because they he starts quoting that people are lawyers. We'll get to that. Uh, but he says, first, he claimed the report was about Amber Heard. It's not. Then he claimed the report focuses on that umbrella guy. It doesn't. Well, just using language, just looking at English. Well, if you want to say it focuses on that umbrella guy, it doesn't have to be the sole focus. When you do have a heading called that umbrella guy, I think it's safe to say that there's a certain amount of focus here um, and that it's about Amber Heard. Amber Heard gets referenced, as does Meghan Markle. So what is it about? It's about a lot of things. Um, and one of those things is Amber Heard. So we have kind of a thou doth protest too much at the start here, uh, but this sets up for a longer thread. The report is about YouTube policy violations and how they go unchecked. That umbrella guy is one page of examples with a paragraph. It's a whole page. For comparison, copyright infringement is 23 pages. Yes, we caught the filler, right? It's just page after page after page of, yes, this seems to be a copy on one network of folks that have some channels that have 2,000 subscribers. It's very impressive, Mr. Boozy. Uh, but we do get that there can be multiple foci uh, in a report of this type. Once again, the report isn't about Amber Heard or people who don't like Amber Heard. And yet it is. That's that's what you talk about with respect to Umbrella Guy. That Umbrella Guy was included in the report because his channel is filled with misogynistic and dehumanizing opinions towards women and not just Amber Heard. If his latest videos focused on Evan Rachel Woods, we would have illustrated his attacks on Evan Rachel Wood. Um, but they didn't, um, right? You're, you're still using Amber Heard. Um, and you don't have to like it. Again, as I said in the prelude to all of this, I don't want to be in the tug defense business. This is not a channel that I have visited. It is not a channel I would seek to visit in general, right? And I'm not trying to dissuade you or tell you that uh, you are somehow, you know, not uh, this audience. If you do visit that, I'm not here to tell you what to do. I'm telling you, so that you know my tilts here, this isn't my kind of content, um, right? Um, and so, yeah, I think that you can you can make a claim that says, ah, this isn't the kind of content that I like, and you know we can talk against it. In fact, if Christopher Boozy were to put up a video that said, here's why you should avoid this type of content. Here's why uh, this is not adding properly to the discourse. Here's why, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Here's why, uh, rather than this needs to be banned, this needs to go away. No one should be allowed to listen to this. Um, I would be much more amenable to that position, right? The number of videos dedicated to attacking Amber Heard is alarming, and it is targeted harassment. Folks continue to claim we are paid by Amber Heard, and it's simply not true. You, you were. Uh, you've disclaimed this, right? That's part of the fight you had with Ian earlier, uh, that you disclaimed that you were paid to do uh, social media analysis in 2020, I believe. Um, but if I get any of those details wrong, you know, feel free to correct me. We received over 50 reports about his channel and we decided to include his channel in the report. One of two on this particular topic. And one, the only one I think that was referenced directly in the trial itself and happened to be a source for Johnny Depp's lawyers, a, a, a part of the story of the trial uh, more than other channels uh, might otherwise be. Now, is this harassment? Could be. I don't actually get anything more than raw assertions because just saying, hey, this is a loss or she hires new lawyers or this is a problem with what the testimony was, that could just be analysis. doesn't have to be harassment. And you could be framing it as a way of saying that this was a big deal and, and that it was uh, a kind of uh, a misstep for her defense or for her uh, rhetoric or whatever it might be. 
this isn't how I would operate. This isn't how I would choose to run my channel. It isn't. You can see how I choose to run my channel, folks. Uh, but it also doesn't mean that it nobody should be allowed uh, to, to listen to this or to connect with this. I could not tell you. Free speech doesn't give anyone the right to target a specific individual. That's not true. Uh, and if there was a channel dedicated to targeting Johnny Depp, I would say the same thing. No one sees the hundreds of DMs I receive each week from people upset about this type of activity. I can't tell you anything, Christopher Boozy, except you're not the god king of what's permitted speech. Um, free speech does give you the right to focus all of your rhetoric on a specific individual. What do you think a political campaign is, uh, in all honesty? Uh, but yes, there are lines that you could cross where we could look at that and say, hmm, that's that's unacceptable. That's uncouth. That should not be discourse that we should listen to. And we can try to sway people to that position. That's that's the nature of free speech. Let me be clear. Uh-oh. Usually presages a lack of clarity. I think everyone has the right to criticize a person and make a video about it. Fantastic. We're in total and violent agreement. The issue is dedicating social media accounts or YouTube channels for the sole purpose of attacking that individual. So when does criticism become attacking? We're not going to get a definition there, folks. I always ask people, what if someone did it to do you? I'd be upset, but I do have a YouTube channel and I would fight back. Not showing your face and hiding behind a pseudonym while cranking out hundreds of videos about the same person is something YouTube shouldn't allow. You should not be permitted to see it because when when Mr. Boozy says that platform X, government Y, shouldn't allow it, what he's really saying is you shouldn't be allowed to see it or self-select for it. Um, and, you know, this is slippery slopes in all directions all around. We're at a very high hill with big sloping sides on all on all axes. Um, and, and what I would say is this. Yeah, absolutely. There can be channels that radicalize. There can be channels that put out bad ideas. There can be channels that do these various things. And that can be upsetting. But the right answer is to fight it with better ideas. The right answer is reasonable minds can differ. The right answer is that rhetoric and not taking your decisions, your agency out of your hands and putting them in the hands of someone like Christopher Boozy or Susan at YouTube or the Trump or Biden administration. And as I've said before in other videos in this space, the one thing Trump and Biden uh, and Republican and Democrat can agree with in the United States is that, by God, that's Section 230 uh, and the Internet is giving people too many ideas. And we need to do something about that because it threatens our politics. Uh, and that goes, honestly, on both sides of the equation. And I will fight it to the very end, folks. I really will. Um, they've got a Cardi B reference here because he's not great at staying on task. Once again, imagine if this was happening to you. It would suck. Imagine if someone was cranking out videos filled with blatant lies about you. Okay, hold on. Hold on. You advanced the ball a little bit. Making money from those lies and you couldn't do anything about it. If they're making money from lies, it's defamation. I mean, like, that's why you got the Cardi B case, right? Cardi B won. Tasha K admits to doing lies. I mean, I think this is what I was told, right? <laughs> I've only ever followed this when I hear about it from my lawyer friends on YouTube. Uh, but this was an easy defamation win. Uh, YouTube and platforms like YouTube must be regulated. We have allowed social media platforms to self-regulate and it has been a complete disaster. Here's the other part of this. Chris Rabuzzi isn't just uh, a harasser online, isn't just a marketer of his company with questionable results and questionable reporting. He is advocating very strongly for central control of internet communications. And I believe he wants to be a part of that control process. And that's why he's positioning himself in this way. But it is very specifically a through line to everything that he does. Uh, we'll see that part of these stories that he has with some of my colleagues equate some of their issues with politics, right wing versus left wing, Republican versus Democrat, um, that I don't think, honestly, are warranted 
as facing some of these people. And I, it's not my position to say what their politics are or what they believe. Uh, but Christopher Boozy is certainly wrong on some of them. Um, and so he he wants to have this control. He wants government to be centralized in its authority over your communications online. And you can advocate for that. I'm going to advocate against it. And we'll have that debate. We'll have that conversation. We'll probably have it through YouTube videos. Uh, but that's what we're looking at. It's also worth noting that this is an individual that claims to have a big concern about toxicity, right? And we're going to skip ahead a little bit in terms of the timeline here. Uh, because this was happening, I think, predominantly yesterday. Uh, but one of the things you see with toxicity, one of the things he rightfully says as a concern in his report and in his interviews is that toxicity begets toxicity, right? If you're going to act as a harasser, if you're going to say to people that this is okay, that that very often that that can be something um, that is an example to people. And Christopher Boozy is no exception. He has fans, as, as we see here, that take the mantle and run with it in a way that is as equally attacking and harassing as anything that Christopher Boozy would accuse anyone of. And yet he backstopped this. So we have a tweet here that set of YouTube lawyers are a really disturbing alt-right phenomenon. Raise your hands, folks, if you think I'm alt-right. They are misogynists and Rittenhouse apologists. Now, Rittenhouse, of course, is a very controversial, very sensitive topic, but he was found innocent. Uh, by a jury of his peers. And as lawyers, we have to use that uh, as what actually happened and discuss those various things. Now, based on the laws in the states of Wisconsin, and I did do an analysis on this, I think that's probably the right verdict. If you disagree, it's possible that what needs to change is the law rather than the analysis of that law. But I, I can understand people, especially non-lawyers, looking at that and saying X, Y, or Z, but it is almost certainly the proper legal analysis for what occurred uh, in that particular situation. Now, we do have defenders. We got a defender on Twitter. That's an insane generalization, obviously intended to demonize. There's many different political shades within law, too. And honestly, anyone who'd call Hogue Law or Natalie Lawyerchick or Lumber Law alt-right is just straight up intellectually dishonest, block away. And it's nice to see those defenses. But what happens here, right? This is okay. You, you saying we're a really disturbing alt-right phenomenon or what have you. Okay, that's an opinion. It's wrong. We can talk about that. This then escalates into putting up pictures of Alita's wedding and calling out those people. Natalie isn't part of the group that appears on each other's channels. Natalie does fairly frequently and became prominent with the Rittenhouse stuff. It's this lot you've really got to watch out for. And then just using it as kind of an attack ad. Uh, this winds up getting Brie upset. Uh, and we're not going to go over all of this detail. Uh, but you wind up with a kind of uh, case here where you've got, I think it's disgusting to profit out of using domestic abuse cases as a, as a source of entertainment. So agree to disagree, I guess. Uh, this is completely dishonest. People have been citing law tubers to validate their opinions about the case for months now, discussing your opinions as if they're fact and using your credentials to appeal to authority. Folks, I will sit here every single time and say, don't appeal to authority. Okay, don't give me any special powers because I have uh, an Esquire I could attach to my name or because I went to law school once 20 years ago. Uh, all right. That's not what we want you to do. We want you to be thinking for yourselves and analyzing these things. And we can tell you how the law works. We can tell you how statutes read. We can tell you how elements of a case are to be proved or not proved, what a prosecutor has to do, how the defense works, and hopefully educate and inform that way. But don't just say, well, Rick said it. It's true. That's not what I want from this channel. And you have these attacks and you have Natalie and Bree getting agitated and more and more upset. Um, and I don't blame them. How could you blame them for this? Uh, but this is the kind of thing that happens out of out of this. And you have Christopher Boozy himself coming in and accusing Bree of lying. Why, why are you lying about the fact that you were paid by Amber Heard? 
Uh, well, we were hired in 2020 to look at social media activity and that was it. We were not part of the UK case or the US case. I, I mean, you, you were hired in, in 2020 in the midst of those cases to look at something related directly to those cases. I don't know. This isn't even a good argument. Uh, it's not even technically true uh, on this on this issue. And so you've got these kinds of things. You've got this stirring up and he knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing, folks. And one thing I would say in this space is, is you know, don't don't give oxygen to the trolls. He, he's trolling here. He is advocating for this. And he is not someone that you should really be interacting with to defend us on these things. You, we don't need it. And, and it doesn't help. It, it just fuels the fire here. Uh, and that's a shame. And I understand, you know, wanting to jump in on these things. Uh, but this is the fundamental problem with a bad actor, right? We talk about contracts and virtual legality. We talk about the fact that they rely on the court's notion of good faith and fair dealing. And what does that mean? Hard to describe, right? But it means basically that any kind of interaction you have, anything you write on a contract, any kind of sentence that goes from one human mouth to one human ear could possibly be interpreted in a way that's full of loopholes and otherwise to your advantage. So what the court says is we are going to put a blanket on you that says you're not going to play tricks. You're not going to have games with these words. Say, aha, it doesn't mean the same thing. And that does not apply to Twitter. That does not apply to Bot Sentinel. That does not apply to Christopher Buzzi. We know it doesn't apply to the media. And so when we talk about these things, it is a loser's game, unfortunately. So I understand passions are inflamed. I understand that sensitivity. Uh, but this is the kind of thing that he's out there doing. And this wasn't even the worst of the weekend, to be quite frank. So let's talk about Law & Lumber a little bit. Uh, on Friday, I think after we did the video, uh, one of the things that Mr. Boozy started doing was attacking Law & Lumber, who had appeared on a video, I want to say, with Eric Hunley, and maybe just that. There might have been another visitor. Rob, if you're in the chat, let me know, and I can get the details right on this. Uh, but then he started going and looking up background information on Rob. So if you're keeping track at home, he starts by looking up information and fighting with Ian on, I think, Wednesday. He then goes and attacks Joe and says he lives in his parents' basement and he couldn't possibly be a successful lawyer. He then attacks Rob. And what he finds about Rob is that Rob has, I want to say, like he accuses him of having 11 speeding tickets and talking about how could this person be trustworthy because he did 80 in a 55 at one point. Um, and we talked a little bit about it on Rob's show on Friday night. You can check out the video there Friday night. I think he calls his frenzy. Um, and you can see that. Unfortunately, the reason I have Rob's uh, smiling mug up here and not Mr. Boozy's tweets is that I cannot find them anymore. Uh, probably because that kind of level of attack is pretty patently absurd. You shouldn't believe this person on his analysis of Amber Heard versus Johnny Depp because he got a speeding ticket once in 2004 is not the strongest line of argument. And it's exactly indicative of what we talk to you about when we talk about trials, right? That is more prejudicial than probative. Is it probative to the question of whether Rob should be trusted on this point? Absolutely not. Is it prejudicial because maybe you think that's a ridiculous way to drive a car? Absolutely. And so he pulled these things out and they appear to be gone now. But this is the kind of activity that was happening all weekend. He goes down the line. He goes, next one, I think is the top of one of the tweets. And he puts those, he puts those in and you could see it happening because I'm getting DMs like every second from people that are like, did you see this? Did you see what Chris did? And it's like, okay, all right. Um, and you don't see me bouncing in very often because for the most part, like I said, I think denying oxygen is the way to handle these things, but it did get too far. And so we're going to talk about it here in this video as we are. So Rob responds to it a little bit on Friday night, says, hey, you know, 
Uh, these are the attacks that are happening. The attacks also started happening against Nate, the lawyer at the same time. We'll see. We'll discuss those as well. Most of those have been removed um, at this point in time. And that particular episode, he takes a screenshot of it and says, you know, we're attacking him and asks to join. Rob demures on that, says, hey, let's set up a time that isn't live. I don't want to ambush my guests. I think that was the very professional way to handle it. Those tweets have since been deleted. And Christopher went crazy after that video was done. I doubt that that conversation will actually happen. But we're going down the line, right? So down that line, the next day from that show, is a series of tweets that Rob actually captured, because these are all deleted at this point, where effectively Christopher Boozy says, I'm not sure these people are real lawyers. So one of the LawTube lawyers, quote unquote, claims he is a practicing lawyer, and yet there's no link to a firm or LinkedIn profile. Dear God, I think my LinkedIn profile is still two firms ago. He claims he was featured in the New York Times, Forbes, and NBC, but he didn't link to anything confirming that. Wouldn't you link to that information? It's not, it's not his responsibility to make you happy. Go check it out yourself. Uh, but instead, he does this. All I have seen so far is several social media accounts claiming he is a lawyer and a bunch of videos. I'm really surprised no journalist has done reporting on YouTube professionals. One guy is claiming to be a body language expert, and he mainly focuses on Meghan Markle. I don't think there's a certification of body language expertise, but it's not a lawyer at all. This sounds like like the, 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 the crazed mutterings of someone just going through their internal monologue. One of the lawyers is definitely legit. Okay. He has a bar association number, firm in history of practicing law, but this other quote-unquote lawyer just seems to have appeared out of nowhere, claiming to be a lawyer that was featured in prominent publications. Really weird. And of course, Rob says, okay, he takes these tweets, which were, again, more egregious as they happen. I'm sure there's a reasonable explanation for why we can't find him in the database where he claims he practices law. He might want to retain a real lawyer. While we wait on Nate, the lawyer, to locate his law license and the links to his New York Times, Forbes, and NBC articles, I will share my New York Times, Forbes, and NBC articles. Yes, you're a master manipulator of, of media. It's, it's much to your credit, buddy. YouTube should really verify certain professionals' licenses before allowing them to claim they are doctors or lawyers. You know, the states do that, right? I can't tell if this guy is a legit lawyer or just a social media lawyer. Where does he advertise his services? As if Nate has an obligation to make sure Christopher Boozy is satisfied with his curriculum vitae. In any event, it was easy enough to go and find him. It was easy enough to find all this stuff. Rob does it. Other people do it online. But what's important about this is that this is the defender of the, the, the YouTubes, the social media discourse. We need to get rid of toxicity. And with absolutely no backing, not a scintilla or a chinchilla, of evidence, he decides to attack someone that is criticizing his work on absolutely no basis and then gets more and more and more agitated before deleting all of this. And that rightfully agitates Nate, the lawyer. Now, as I promised, he makes this political, right? So Nate says, hey, it's a, it's bad that you blocked me. He says it in um, terms that I wouldn't use, as you can see here, if you're looking very closely. But then Christopher makes it a political issue. I've noticed a lot of right-wing folks on Twitter have been angry lately. It must have something to do with Democrats polling well. Chris, what makes you think Nate is right-wing? Honest to God. Um, you know, these are the kinds of receipts that you generally have to bring to making these accusations, but making it political is kind of weird. None of this is political uh, as it stood in these terms of interactions, and then you make it political. Um he says, hey, everyone, uh, Chris Boozy thinks I should be ashamed that my parents were crackheads and I became a lawyer. I'm so ashamed. If this is it, you need to try harder. You can see you're unable to see these tweets because they've been deleted. He attacked his parenthood. 
he attacked once he realized that he was in fact a lawyer he goes and says well how would you like to have been uh you know a cop and then a da and now you're a youtube grifter what kind of what kind of job is that and nate rightfully says that's you know that we all have our career paths and you know this is this is what i'm doing now he does escalate things he does go about and talk about boozy's bankruptcy and about some other relationships uh that mr boozy had um you can see them kind of here uh this is nate saying this is this is me uh and then you have this from this morning right this is everything that you've seen and and look nate uh was aggressive against uh, mr boozy as well um that uh now he celebrates with his pinned tweet as of this morning Twitter wasn't impressed with Nate's abuse and targeted harassment, so they locked his account. Bot Sentinel rating is definitely accurate. Whoopsie doodle. What is this rating supposed to say, right? Disruptive activity? This, this, that's Orwellian kind of thing. What, is, what does that mean? What does disruptive and problematic mean? Are we going to use defined terms here? Um, and is it just disruptive to Bot Sentinel's success, career? In any event, that proceeded from there. So you've got now, if you're keeping track at home, you've got attacks on Ian, attacks on Joe, attacks on Rob, attacks on Bree, attacks on Natalie, attacks on Nate. Um, and of course, Natalie, Bree, and Nate being the most recent do have a characteristic that is shared among them that's at least interesting to note uh, as part of this sequence of events. Um, and at the end of the day, that's what we've got. That's the situation we've got as the Washington Post puts up an article yesterday morning uh, talking about misogyny on YouTube. So I want to take a step back there. I wanted to go over the background. I'm sorry I took so long on it, but I think it's necessary to understand what is happening. Um, that the, the, the law tube lawyers, and again, I think it's important to understand some of the things you will see, you know, Mr. Boozy accused folks of, of, of is sending Nate out there, right? When you want to get really racist adjacent when you want to really concerning oh my god he's, he's tweeting all throughout this video you have him basically accusing nate of being a kind of uncle tom figure for alt-right politics they sent the black guy out to do their work, dirty work and now his account is locked say no to black on black cyberbullying. wow i mean again on projection this is certainly a sentiment we can agree on we might just disagree on the direction that it was intended in the first instance. This is the kind of thing you go out with against Nate. And yeah, you, you have the ear of the platforms. You understand how to manipulate and how to use your audience to brigade and, and more power to you, I guess. Uh, but I watched this happen. And, and this is disturbing imagery. It's a disturbing concept. And if there's anyone that I'm willing to hand the reins over to my own thought process and what the battle of ideas should be, I'd say you're probably last on the list, and I'm including some members of the CCP in that. So Christopher Boozy, be proud of yourself, I guess. Uh, but we're going to continue to discuss this uh, because this is not the kind of thing that we're going to be able to let go. This is not the kind of thing that we're just going to seed the ground on. This is not the kind of individual or person we're going to allow to control our discourse, uh, either on YouTube or elsewhere. So, yeah, all right. Let's get, uh, what does Nate say? Let's get involved, something like that. I guess that's what we're going to have to do. Um, but we're going to take it seriously. We're going to avoid ad hominems. And we're going to just point out and show people what it is that you do and how you do it. And where they can be the judges for themselves about how you execute these plans of world domination of yours. Uh, okay, so as promised, let's take a look. I know I've got a couple of super chats in here. What do people, what do people think about this? 
Um, you know, I, like I said, I, I do think, you know, there are certain responses from Bree. There's certain responses uh, from Natalie, from Nate. Honestly, there's certain responses from Rob and things that, that are definitely inflamed. They're definitely impassioned. I don't think I can blame them for that on a, on a human side of things. You've got somebody clearly rifling through your background uh, and your background materials. And I, I fully expect that at some point, Mr. Boozy might get to me. Um, I'm pretty confident in, in, in op research against me, but you never know. Um, and so it's, it's one of those things where I think it's a big problem, honestly. And it's interesting to see that it is done under the shield. It is done in the costuming, in the guise of the person that wants to stop toxicity. Um, so what, what do you all think? Let's, let's take a look at some of these comments. Um, I'm going to do the super chats first, uh, and then we'll see what else everybody else is saying. Then we'll get to that Washington Post article. And we'll just run a little long on this episode. Uh, Abby Smith, people have the right to their speech. I have the right not to agree and not to listen. Absolutely. Oh, my God. So many dummies out there, right? So many people putting out bad information, putting out dumb stuff. Uh, and yeah, absolutely. You have the right to, you have the, you have more rights than that. You have the right to not agree. You have the right to not listen. You have the right to sway. You have the right to convince people that this person is putting out poison. I caution you about exceeding that and going past and saying, nobody should have the right to make that determination on their own. I am the God King or queen arbiter of what is right and good and true. Moving forward with a two out of two. Uh, okay. I didn't see a one out of one. All right. Hang on here, folks. I was uh, I was talking a lot here. So we'll see if we can find this one out of one here moving forward. Um, I apologize. I wasn't focused on the chat. And this can sometimes happen. So let's see if we can grab one out of two. Okay. Let me make sure this is the one. Yes. All right. Fantastic. Moving forward. Um I'm only adding this since I've been hearing about a lot of kids removing themselves from our society. Target attacks need to be handled. Um, we saw the same changes in society during the industrial age. We as a society do not have ways to handle the technology we have been given. It's a normal cycle of history and will be solved. The growing pains hurt. Uh, well, I mean, targeted attacks, again, you're kind of, you're, you're tautological, right? You're winning your case with the phrasing that you're using. Targeted attacks are probably already covered under stalking or other laws that we have, but we can make better ones. We can always reform and make better laws. Uh, the, the, the question is defining those things. Uh, when is criticism that is pointed, that is constant, uh, when does that become targeted attacks? Um, and I think we could have different rules for minors versus non-minors. I think we can have those conversations, certainly. Uh, you see them even in the YouTube policies and procedures that minors are treated a little bit better uh, than non-minors at least under those policies and procedures. We'll talk about whether they enforce those things as part of the Washington Post article. But I think we have to be very, very cautious about um, we deem this to be beyond the pale, and so it's not going to be allowed versus harsh criticism directed at an individual. I just spent 30 minutes talking about Christopher Boozy, and I do not believe that those were ad hominem attacks. I do not believe that they were attacks at all. I believe they were criticisms of the way that he comports himself and the ways in which I think people should feel about the way he comports himself. But he might characterize that as an attack. Heck, he might flag the video. I'd be willing to fight it, uh, but that's the kind of thing that we are potentially dealing with here. Um, so I appreciate the commentary moving forward. Uh, and it might be that we agree more than we disagree on that, uh, but it would be in the definitions. It would be on what we actually were talking about when we use words like targeted attack. Uh, and now I'm going to scroll down a little bit. Daniel Izzo, I deliberately don't list my bar number because it will dox me. I'll redact most of it and uh, all but my first name and show my card sometimes. Yeah. I mean, you got to be careful about these things. Look, I announce who I am. I announce my firm name. I announce what city I work in. Every episode, 
<laughs> and uh, that's, uh, you know, I'm not going to lie. That is a little bit concerning when you see some of these things happening online, when you see that, you know, I think I'm engaged in important conversations about these things. I am not unknown, uh, even though I don't have the prominence of some of my uh, esteemed colleagues on this stuff. Uh, but uh, yeah, I don't blame you at all. And I think that's chilling a little bit. We should be able to be a little bit more open uh, with this kind of thing. Uh, let's see what else we have here. SCG, SCJ, I can read, I promise. 643. Okay, Pinky, how are we going to take over the world again today? Same time we do everything. Try to take over the world. Yeah, excellent. Good reference. Giggle and SC, Boozy made it personal. He absolutely did. Well, and I, again, let's, let's not disclaim. I would argue that Nate and some others responded in kind um, and, and, and went personal as well. Um, now, do I think that if you're going to do that, then probably both sides should be allowed? Yes. Um, do I think it otherwise arms him to do things like delete all his tweets, keep the other tweets up, use that, and then block you? Uh, it appears so. It appears so. Ms. Opinion. I'm infuriated that a black man would do this to another black man. I do not subscribe to the crabs in a barrel mentality. Mr. B should do better. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I think it's bad all around, but certainly that imagery that I saw him put up this morning was like, Jesus. I mean, come on. Britt Cormier, he owns a bot farm. He can flag anyone faster than they could flag him. He and his followers are willing to falsely flag while I would think that the law tube audience finds that behavior unpalatable. I don't know anything about this. So I'm going to put allegedly on top of this chat. Uh, but, you know, there are people that are looking at his history. There are people that are saying, you know, that there are these issues. I'm getting emails and DMs all the time. I'm not going to do that. We're, we're going to respond to the things that actually happen. And I'm not otherwise going to try to inflame this situation. But we are going to talk about it. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think he's a bad actor. I think he is someone that is, has lost the benefit of the doubt. Um, and I think he manipulates and I think that he manipulates in such a fashion as to try to acquire power or prestige or both. Um, and I think that is something that people should know about. Um, but that's up to you chat. That's up to you folks going out there with this information, share this video, uh, about us going through these various things. If you're so inclined, um, certainly, uh, uh, Miranda Hayek, I'm horrified at this man's inability to accept criticism. This all started because people were criticizing his report, warranted, I certainly did, and it spiraled out of control. He couldn't accept the criticism and move on. Yeah, I, I every bit of what we talked about to start this out was the Rolling Stone article and the report itself. We do not attack the people here. Um, and we certainly get a kind of notion of what people are willing to do uh, some of what Taylor Lorenz does in the article we're about to read shouldn't surprise you. Um, and now nothing surprises me about whatever this Mr. Boozy will do uh, out there. Uh, but yeah, it really comes back to uh, the lawyers were looking at it. Ian is going through the transcripts. He's talking with me about it in Hangouts and Headlines. Uh, you know, this goes in various directions. I think I think Joe winds up as part of the hit parade because he covers Ian's video. It's often hard to kind of pull together all of this stuff that happens, especially when somebody is actively attacking and deleting those attacks. Uh, but I, I think that's what happens. Uh, and then various different people get dragged in because we all see each other and what we are working on. And so you say, oh, that's something that I could add to. And then that's that's what happens. Um, but yes, this notion that LawTube sent anyone out, first of all, we aren't a group like that. As I usually describe it, if we use the label at all, it is as an independent coalition of sovereign nation states. But otherwise, nobody's telling Nate to do anything, right? If Nate had called me up and asked me whether he should do some of those tweets and some of those responses, I would have told him no. That's me. 
that's my proclivities. I would have said, no, that's, you know, that's going to escalate. That's going to spiral out of control. Uh, and I would have had that conversation with him, but he is his own man. My God, talk about taking agency away from people, right? He was sent out. Are you freaking kidding me? Anyway. I appreciate the super chat. It is very generous. Thank you so much. And thank you to everybody that's chatted and otherwise super chatted. Let's see if we can capture a few of these. Um, moving forward, Hogue, we agree completely. Thank you for the super chat. Just learned the hard way that you can't always protect yourself if you don't have the money. I just believe in I just believe in humanity on average. Absolutely. We've talked about the chip stack problem a lot. We've talked about the resource problem with access to justice. I would seek to have everyone's access to justice be much, much, much more available to not have those initial entry fees, those cover charges to go and seek redress in the courts or otherwise. I, I entirely agree that resources come into play way too much for to be comfortable. And those are the kinds of discussions I would be happy to have uh, uh, with, with individuals that want to talk about those things and say that's a big problem uh, in this area. Um, Rob invited him to a chat out. I don't think that's going to happen. I mean, I honestly, I think you know, the stuff that happens after that invitation is extended, including the deletion of the requests uh, and some of the other attacks on Nate and Natalie and Bree and everyone else, I, I really think just escalated so far. I, I doubt very much that's going to happen. And certainly if Rob were to ask me, I would advise him not to have it. I don't think that giving a platform to someone that is so clearly a bad actor uh, and is willing to maliciously spin and delete and manipulate is is a wise use of your resources or your time, frankly. Um. Moving forward, you super chatted it again. Well, I, I appreciate that. That is, I'm very thankful to that support. We grabbed this one. Absolutely. We're in agreement. Resources are a problem. hundred percent. Um, Boozy's a gotcha guy. Push your buttons. You reach, you get your block. You know, this actually reminds me of sports, right? I think anybody that watches sports, probably all sports. I can't claim that, you know, American, uh, but you, you see that time where, uh, you know, the, the, the footballer, uh, goes and does something, you know, gets in the face a little bit and maybe not enough for the ref to do anything, tries to elicit that push, that shove, that punch, uh, right? And that goes for American football as well. Um, and so I, I think you do have that situation. He's that guy. He gets in your face. He gets in your grill. He keeps his arms behind his back uh, and waits for you to shove him and then complains to the ref, uh, right? And you know, hey, that works in sports, uh, but it's not something that we have to not be aware of when we talk about this. Uh, Zagatka, good morning, Hogue. Don't worry much about him coming for you. We've seen his ability to research. He gets others to do the work when they correct him. There's no doubt about that. Um, and, and he certainly claims that he always knew that he, that, that Nate was out there as a lawyer and that he was just trying to express to people that they should look up the right name, uh, because, uh, he didn't want to be accused of doxing him. That's all in his timeline. You can look at it right now, maybe for a limited time. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what he will remove or otherwise adjust, uh, in his timeline. Uh, David at Prototopics, our wonderful, inimitable GM of Lawyers and Dragons, says everyone needs to stop engaging with this guy. He's feeding on the hate. I tend to agree uh, that, again, depriving of oxygen is the right play for the most part. But I also can't, uh, in terms of the direct attacks, I, I, I can't blame I, when, when someone's accusing you of not being a lawyer, which the unlicensed practice of law is generally a crime. Uh, the, the various things that he was accused of based on nothing. I can't say I, I would be defending myself as well. I would be doing it slightly differently than Nate, but I'm a slightly different person than Nate. And that's what makes the world go around. And that's what makes it great. Snoop begins. It's chilling to see what he's willing to do, say when someone disagrees with him. I just hope truth will prevail over hate. Uh, truth will always prevail on a long enough time horizon, Snoop begins. Um, but yeah, I, I totally understand the sensitivity to right now. Cheeky Witch. Yeah, I woke up early enough that you're still alive. We haven't even gone through the article yet, Cheeky Witch. So welcome. And thank you so much for the super chat. Hi, Rob. Hi. We were just looking at the fact that he deleted his evidence that he was using uh, uh, parking tickets or speeding tickets against you. 
Uh, you have an invite if you want it. Um, and everybody else, let's talk about these uh, th this article here from Taylor Lorenz. And like I said, when we started this, oh my God, we've we've got we've got the adult bots are here, huh? Well, we we must be popular enough to get adult bots. Always a good sign. Sorry for the inconvenience, folks. Um, but let's talk about this particular article. YouTube remains rife with misogyny and harassment, creators say. Now, the first thing I want to note here, it's called headlines. We can talk about the headlines, is that this is a headline that is very likely to be true, <laughs> right? I mean, it uses one of the, the oldest tricks in the book, which is not disparaging, Ms. Lorenz, if you're watching this, uh, in that it kind of constrains its own conceit. I am positive that creators will say just about anything. It's a big group. You can find five, six, 10 to say whatever your thesis is to be. And so YouTube remains rife with misogyny and harassment. I am positive that you can get, I believe the number is seven for this article, seven creators to say that. Heck, you call me up, I would probably say, there's a lot of bad stuff on YouTube. There's a lot of stuff that occasionally YouTube recommends to me where I say, oh, oh, no, no, but I'm an adult and I can look at that and say, oh, no. <laughs> and I can make that decision for myself. Um, and so I do think that this headline is correct. I don't object to this article because I think its overall thesis is correct, which is just exactly what it says on the tin. Some creators say this, specifically women, right? And what's interesting is obviously misogyny affects women. Misogyny, as I understand it, and the definition seems to be flexible depending on who's using it, is the, the, the ism that is against women, that sees women as inferior as a class to men and the stuff that goes out there with it. As we talked about, Earlier in this video, the big difficulty there is whether or not you are allowed to criticize a woman and say that that isn't a misogynistic stance that demeans all women. And I think that's something that people have really struggled with, particularly in the mass media, the masthead media, when people have been criticizing Amber Heard. Because Amber Heard actually did things. Amber Heard actually said things. She actually testified. She actually went out there with a public relations firm. She actually went on interviews. There are things that she did as a person that you can judge. You could judge them positively. You could say, oh, I think that's a sincere position and I think that's horrible. You could absolutely do that. Many of us have judged them negatively and said that appears to be a lie. That appears to be a fabrication used for its own ends. And we will call that out because if it is a lie, and certainly a jury of her peers found that it was, then it's a heinous one. And it's one that society should be absolutely against. Lying about these things wreck lives. And we should be against that in its entirety. Now, that's a uh, stance on Amber Heard. That is not a stance on women. My God, can you imagine how bad the world would be if we thought everyone acted in that fashion that was a woman? And so I do think... You can go and you can find clips of people that went too far uh, with criticism of Amber Heard. I think that's a natural reaction to what is a potentially a heinous action uh, on the part of an individual. And I would hope, this is going to sound bad, but I would hope that people would react just as negatively if that were shown to be a man doing that kind of thing or any other group. The problem with putting people in groups and viewing them as emblematic or uh, role models for that particular group is it is easy to defend in this fashion. That if you say, I think Amber Heard was lying and isn't that heinous, that that's a misogynistic act. Now, I also think I'm trained in and very cautious about tone control. And in general, the human communicative experience is not. 
<laughs> right? I don't expect everybody to be Rick Hogue out there trying to cautiously think of every word and trying to manage exactly how I sound when I say these various things. That's important to me. I think that's important to having reasonable minds can differ type conversations. Not everybody else is doing that. Uh, and so when you bring up these examples of these various places that are attacking, are not careful, you know, some of the things that Christopher Boozy brings up in his article, I wouldn't have said um, if I were that umbrella guy. Um, then I do think you open the door for this kind of critique. But unfortunately, it bears the same kind of problem that you see in the Bot Sentinel report, which is it does conflate misogyny with criticism. Um, and that's going to continue to be a problem, even though I do think that there's a point to be had here that I think there are plenty of women on YouTube, on Facebook gaming, on Twitch, on Twitter, elsewhere, that get all sorts of crap. The problem, I would say, extends past that, however, to people that get all sorts of crap. Um, and that doesn't mean that women don't get it worse. I'm not in a position to say. Um, and so let's talk about what this article actually does say. In April 2016, YouTube CEO Susan Wojcicki took the stage in front of rows of creators at the company's second ever creator summit in Los Angeles. The event was a gathering of some of the internet's biggest stars and Wojcicki was there to listen to their concerns and feedback. I apologize for this pronunciation. <clears throat> I have never bothered to learn our esteemed CEO's pronunciation of her last name. That's not misogyny. That's just me being bad at pronouncing things. She began by touting YouTube's ad growth and the company's plans to expand its original programming. But when she opened the floor for questions, she was faced with a barrage of criticism from female creators. Now, this is interesting reporting. Uh, you know, I hadn't necessarily heard this before. 2016 is before I start the channel. I said, okay, well, where's this coming from? And then we get a little bit of Taylor Lorenzing, which is, we're going to make a verb, which is taking like, a secondary source of a secondary source and reporting it as a primary source uh, because it helps your thesis. Women creators weren't doing well, according to an account of the meeting in a new book. So uh, this is not personally covered and this isn't separately interviewed for. This is reading a book. Okay, Taylor Lorenz, totally fine, but we will note it. It's a couple of steps removed from your personal accounting. That new book is called Like, Comment, Subscribe, inside YouTube's chaotic rise to world domination. Like, comment, and subscribe, by the way. If you're liking this comment, uh, please consider liking and subscribing to this channel. Otherwise, we can't do it without supporters like you. When we're dealing with vicious harassment, bullying, and stalking, he recounts. The toxicity on the platform was escalating, they said, and the networked attacks they faced online were growing more threatening. None of this is wrong. Like I said, even being this much internet famous has exposed me to a world of people very passionate about what I have to say, including some subjects, which we're not going to out here, but some subjects are not super great at tone control and write pretty angry messages um, from like corporate accounts. Anyway, um, this is all right, right? This is the internet to some extent, and YouTube has not solved the internet. I'm fully willing to grant this conceit. Bergen's book details how one female creator called out the rampant bullying and explained that she was terrified after a fellow YouTuber made hostile videos about her. Who could blame her? Doxed her, posted her personal information online, which we can agree could potentially be a bad thing. That's how you're framing it in this paragraph, right? Like this is something that terrifies people. So like if you were to, I don't know, use the full legal name of someone that otherwise uses YouTube anonymously, that would be something at least worth of note, right, Taylor? I would think so. Put a pin in that. And sent waves of angry followers to attack. Another female creator took the mic and said she was dealing with similar issues. Now, what's interesting here is, I, I don't know 
whether this is a, a female only kind of concept. I, I don't know that Taylor knows. She's getting a description from a book. I am fully willing to grant that it might be, but I can't tell because again, I don't know the denominator. And I say that a lot, but I mean like, okay, so one woman goes up there and says this, another one does, is it only women? Is Are they the only ones that are arguing about this? Is that the situation in 2016? Is it interspersed between other comments, other content, other complaints? Is it dis dispersed across uh, genders? I mean, what, what, what are we looking at here? Um, because you're framing the issue to start out with as a woman and misogyny issue, and then you're using things that backstop you, but you're not actually doing the analysis to like, figure out what kind of level of problem this is. And this is very similar to Bot Sentinel, right? Where we say, okay, you pulled out 29 channels. There's some odd millions of channels. I'm fully willing to grant that there are problems. What level of problem is that? What level of concern should I have? Because you at Bot Sentinel and you at the Washington Post are, are treating it as uh, a major, major problem. Uh, and I want to talk about that, but I'm not getting the information that I need. Ingrid Nielsen, a popular beauty vlogger, was dismayed when Wojcicki offered what she felt was empty sympathy with no commitments to fix the problem. YouTube just didn't have an answer. They knew the mess was a really big one. Again, we have reporting here that isn't talking about what YouTube actually said. Uh, and, and I, it's difficult for me because I don't know that there's anything wrong here, um, but you go and instead of saying, this is how YouTube responded to that particular complaint, you instead report, this is how another person felt about that response without sharing that response. It's, it's, it's like two or three levels removed from what I, as a reader that doesn't know this, am amenable to being talked about this. I'm on YouTube all the time. I see hate on YouTube, okay? I'm amenable to having this talk to me about. You're skipping what I need to hear. And this is just headlines analysis. This is just Taylor Lorenz reporting. I am not dismissing the conceit overall. In interviews with the Washington Post, creators and experts say those problems are still an issue despite updated harassment policies rolled out in 2019. You can see a video, I think I talked about those because they are very ambiguous and they give YouTube a lot of power. Uh, and effectively, this is an accusation that YouTube isn't using that power as much as it should be. A report issued last month, so another report, by the Center for Countering Digital Hate, a British nonprofit declared that harassment against women is flourishing on YouTube. I think, And, and again, I'm just not, I'm sure this is true at a, at a kind of broad technical approach. I'm just not sure if it isn't harassment is flourishing on YouTube, right? And we can be equally upset about either, right? Though the platform recently banned the online men's rights influencer, Andrew Tate, who I don't know, other channels espousing similar ideology are posting regularly and using the platform to grow their audience. Again, we're, we're a step removed. So what does this mean? What, what is an online men's rights influencer? What did he say that got him banned? What does it mean to have a similar ideology? Are you allowed to have this ideology at all? Was it a way that it was framed by this individual that this shouldn't concern us, that the ideology is allowed to persist? What, what does all this mean? And you haven't convinced me. You're using a report uh, of someone else. So you're reporting on a report after you reported on a book. And I am, what, what do you mean? What is the hate here, right? What is the misogyny? Online men's rights is not something that is obviously problematic by its titling. That doesn't mean that it isn't because titling is often used by bad actors to kind of put a patina around these things. Well, we talked about that a lot in this video. Some channels also are still uploading Tate's content to YouTube Shorts, YouTube's answer to TikTok. So infringing on copyright, God knows YouTube is bad at that, as Mr. Boozy has pointed out. 
Misogyny is alive and well on YouTube. The Senator's report found videos pushing misinformation, hate, and outright conspiracies targeting women are often monetized. None of the details here make their way into the Washington Post. So the assertion is a book says that that women were upset in 2016 and a report says misogyny is alive and well. And we're going to use that as our focal point for what is essentially interviews uh, that uh, the reporter did with these other people. Well, Jatiki doesn't comment. YouTube spokesperson Jack Malon said the platform is dedicated to keeping itself free of harassment. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how much of this is paraphrasing, but no one keeping itself free suggests that it is free. So no, no. Nope, you don't get that one, YouTube. Uh, harassment and cyberbullying are not allowed on YouTube. That's certainly what the policy says. And we have clear policies that prohibit targeting an individual with threats or prolonged and malicious insults based on attributes like their gender identity and expression, he said. We are committed to rigorously enforcing these policies equally for all creators and encourage any user to flag content they believe violates our community guidelines. This is, you know, he, he might as well be a robot. That's standard for what YouTube says. And I don't blame anybody for looking at that and saying, yeah, yeah, YouTube, you've done such a great job so far. I don't blame anyone for that. We're just looking at the overall thesis here and seeing if there's enough indications that, you know, it's a right one. But in interviews with the Post, seven creators detailed how misogynist creators mobilize their audience to attack certain women creators. If a woman creator goes viral, they said, she will undoubtedly be subject to a waterfall of hateful comments. Posting on YouTube as a female creator can feel like walking across a minefield, the influencers told the Post. And again, we don't know, are these creators all women? Are they all speaking out of the, the the experience of being a woman on YouTube? And that I think is important. I think that is useful. But the one thing that it does is eliminates your ability to kind of have a control group, right? Because the one thing I will say, I've had a few videos go moderately viral, hundreds of thousands of views and that kind of thing. And the higher the view count on any given video, the more hateful comments you're going to get. Um, mine tend to be of the variety of why are you such an unsuccessful lawyer that you're on YouTube, which <laughs> what jokes on you commenter, uh, but that those tend to accrue. You're an idiot. These kinds of things. I've talked about it at length, which is very funny to me, but like Sony and Xbox videos, those tend to get the most strongly worded comments. Uh, if I say something, Oh, Microsoft did this wrong. Oh, Sony did this wrong. Uh, all of this stuff comes out, including the fraudulent reviews of my law firm. Um, and so I think my, my feeling, and I don't have any, uh, you know, uh, anything more than anecdotal evidence on this, but I don't know that this article does either, is that if you go viral, if you become popular, if you get a base, people are going to hate. Haters going to hate, I believe, uh, was some famous philosopher in ancient times uh, it, it telling folks that this kind of thing does happen, which doesn't mean that this is wrong. It doesn't mean it isn't something that we should be concerned about. Uh, but it does mean, is it different for a woman creator going viral? YouTube will turn a blind eye to anything that brings a lot of viewers to the platform. I agree, Abelina Sabrina Rios, a political comedy YouTuber in Los Angeles. They're aware that people on their platform will blatantly spew sexist and misogynistic stuff, and it becomes a breeding ground, and they're totally okay with it because they bring in lots of viewers. I generally agree with this. I generally agree with the incentives behind YouTube being aligned behind getting views. Now, you have the adpocalypses, which are essentially times when YouTube, which is primarily in the business of providing the tech platform, and then selling ads gets notes from advertisers that say this content is unacceptable. Um, and you already see kind of market action working through those various things as YouTube becomes more corporatized, much to the chagrin of some creators, but probably justifiably so because their primary business model is in selling those ads that they make more contours and have more requirements. And this is the kind of thing that might happen yet again. That would be within YouTube's purview outside of regulation and outside of uh, Mr. 
uh, Bot Sentinel himself looking and asking government uh, to, to move against him. Creators said that the Amber Heard versus Johnny Depp defamation trial was a pivotal moment in the online harassment landscape, emboldening misogynistic YouTubers and allowing them to collectively amass millions of followers. Now, here we have to unpack this, right? Depp v. Heard was a court case first and foremost. It had evidence presented within it. It had rules of law and rules of that evidence to be analyzed and to be considered. Um, and many, many people in the legal community uh, gained followers, gained subscribers from doing that. Um, and the question becomes, is the implication here that anyone that says the right answer was reached, the jury did its job, the evidence pointed this way, those kinds of things, is that misogynistic? And while I think the answer is obvious, the answer to that is no, of course, uh, on its face. Obviously, you can add content to that that would be misogynistic. Uh, I do question, based on this thesis, based on Bot Sentinel, based on who we will see quoted in just a moment in this particular article, that the thesis is instead yes. If you think that case was rightly decided, you're a misogynist. If you analyzed it, if your subscriber base grew, if you started a new show called Hangouts and Headlines in the wake of conversations like this, then maybe you're a misogynist. And I think that's an unfortunate shadow to hang over everyone that does this kind of discussion. Um, and I, I, I think it's going to continue, but we're going to fight it tooth and nail, aren't we? Uh, Depp won his lawsuit against Heard. Creators said the trial and the verdict normalized a level of hate that has become commonplace on the platform. This sentence is troubling. The verdict, the verdict normalized a level of hate? The verdict. Now, the verdict was about Johnny Depp and Amber Heard's direct interactions with one another. It wasn't about TikTok videos. It wasn't about YouTube analysis. Uh, creators might think that. Creators are wrong. What, if anything normalizes a level of hate coming off of a trial like that is the outside commentary. The jury issued a verdict based on evidence. It cannot normalize YouTube behaviors. It cannot normalize TikTok ones. It is not a referendum on how humanity responded to somewhat of the circus that was present in Virginia when it happened. Um, so Washington Post going out with this with creators said isn't a terribly useful kind of point, And it's one of those that I reject uh, entirely. I was getting called Amber Heard a lot during the trial, said Rios. I had people telling me they wish I died. It's constant. I'm always adding new filters to my comments because that's the only thing I can do. YouTube does not offer enough tools to control your own community. I would be willing to agree with Ms. Rios entirely on that point. And I'm very sad that anybody would have said, you know, I hope that you die or I give you death threats. <clears throat> I will say I've received messages of a similar ilk. Um, and so it's, it's one of those things that I think is absolutely a problem. I think the Washington Post shining a light on it is not a problem at all. I'm not sure that it has earned the separation uh, by gender on this again yet. Creators who leaned hard into anti-Amber Heard content saw their followings skyrocket through posting videos that experts say are misogynistic, amassing money from merchandise sales and ad revenue in the process. Did I mention we opened our store? Um, this is an interesting sentence in and of itself. Why... If you're the Washington Post, would you have a, a statement like this that says, again, what is anti-Amber Heard content? If is me saying, I think Amber Heard should lose this case halfway through. Is that anti-Amber Heard? Uh, because I would argue that it's it's pro-legal analysis, uh, pro-truth, 
Um, like that, that's what I believe. Should I scuttle that opinion if I believe that the Taylor Lorenzes or the Christopher Boozies of the world will cast it as misogynistic? Here you get the chilling effect of what should be allowed. Someone like me that's more risk averse than me, and I'm pretty damn risk averse, as some of you may know, would look at that and say, it's not even worth it. It's not even worth it adding my voice to the chorus to discuss these things, even if people would find it informative, even if the overall knowledge base in the world would increase because I don't want to be on a Washington Post article. I don't want to be like my friend Alita in the eye, in the crosshairs of Taylor Lorenz. I don't want to be a part of this because they're going to say experts say are misogynistic. Who are the experts in misogyny and why did they need to be referenced here, Washington Post? What, what are you talking about? Right. This is as bad as anonymously sourcing uh, your quotations. What experts say are misogynistic. Which videos are you talking about? Which creators? Why were they misogynistic? Which experts? Come, we need more information than this. And we're just not getting it. If anything, the problem that I have found most often with the couple of articles from Ms. Lorenz that I have read is this lack of foundation. Right. This lack of what do you mean? I do not have to take your assertions as fact. So why do you just keep throwing assertions at me and anonymously source ones at that? Experts? Who? Who are you talking about? I don't even know what the credential is for being an expert in misogyny. So talk to me. Tell me what I need to know. But alas, that won't happen because we have to get to some real names. Matthew Lewis, a YouTuber in Tennessee known online as that umbrella guy, has grown his following to more than 400,000 subscribers, largely by posting anti-Amber Heard content. Okay, so we have at least a partial definition by triangulation here that what the Adam Umbrella guy does is anti-Amber Heard content. I'm not saying they're wrong, but we can at least try to figure out what they mean. Depp's lawyer said he'd been in communication with several YouTubers, including Lewis. In fact, he was mentioned in the trial, probably worth noting here, Washington Post. But again, one of the things that you used as an example of kind of bad behavior that is terrifying is being doxxed, having your personal information posted online by a fellow YouTuber. And one does wonder if using the name in a Washington Post article rises to that same level. Well, of course not, because you are fighting the good fight. You are a righteous actor, and so it's okay. Yes? Again, I think reasonable minds can differ on that, but it's worth noting that it happened. Um, so, hmm. Now, who are we going to use to backstop you on these thesis points? Well, YouTube channels like that umbrella guy are not an exception to the rule. They are the rule, said Christopher Boozy, founder and CEO of VotSentinel, a research firm specializing in disinformation. So we know, we know what she means, right? Um, and yet, I often have this with like fun runs. I, as a word guy, it's often, uh, I look at things like a, a 5K, that's like a, a 5K for breast cancer. It's like, oh, you don't, you don't, you don't mean for breast cancer. We're not for breast cancer. We, we, we want to research it. We want to fight it. We want to stop it. We're not, we're not for that thing. But you'll see that kind of shortening of the, of the reference, right? And a research firm specializing in disinformation I think it speaks for itself. Yes. YouTube is telling women it's okay for men to publish and monetize videos insulting and demeaning women. That Umbrella Guy's YouTube videos have received over 116 million views and YouTube has refused to take action. Again, there's actually nothing here other than a assertion that it's anti-Amber Heard to establish this. I'm willing to grant that you might be right, Washington Post. I'm a little less willing to grant that Christopher Boozy might be right after seeing him in action over the last 72 hours, but I'm willing to grant it, but I don't have to just take it on faith. 
so what do you mean by this? YouTube is telling women it's okay for men to publish and monetize videos insulting and demeaning. It is possible that YouTube is telling women it's okay for men to publish videos that criticize them, which I think we can all agree to, but it doesn't sound as good in a paragraph like this one. And we just don't know the difference. Again, I'm not going to be in the that umbrella guy defense camp because I don't know his content. And I don't like to defend folks that I can't otherwise have personal relationships with because you can't ever tell exactly what they're going to do at any given moment in time, right? So we're not in that defense business, except to say you need to bring more than this if you want to actually get people to agree with you that don't already agree with you. This is perfectly fine content for the folks that already are like, oh, yes, 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 very bad, very bad person, very bad. It's not in actually convincing an audience of the correctness of your assertion. Lewis did not respond directly to a request for comment. He later published a video saying that in years past, he had not exclusively posted Amber Heard-related content, but that he had published content about comics. Seems like you could link to that tweet as it's being a tweet. In a tweet after the post sent him questions, he acknowledged his role as a leader of Comicsgate, a campaign beginning in 2018 that opposed diversity in the comic book world. Again, can't pretend to know what Comicsgate is. Uh, if it is at all controversial as Gamergate is and the many, many emails and messages that people send to me about Gamergate, uh, then I have no idea what it actually means. And I'm a little bit unwilling to take the Washington Post's word for it just because it's clear that these things that happened in 14 and 18 and things are at least controversial among both the participants and the masthead media. Uh, I will leave it at that. Again, I don't know that umbrella guy from Adam. I don't know Comicsgate. Um, and so here we are. Does it oppose diversity in the comic book world? Maybe. Certainly, some of these quotes are a bit much. Many of Lewis's earlier titles include attacks on social justice warriors and woke culture, such as SJW's Ruin Comics. Comic Industry 2019 numbers reveal there's no coming back from wokeness, and SJW's Never Learn, SJW's Take Wrong Lesson from Study, hilariously missing, they're the bad guys. YouTube, if you take any offense to that, I am reading the Washington Post. Uh, but yeah, um, those are not videos I would click on. Okay. High-profile women who speak up against sexism or who are perceived as too progressive are frequent targets of misogynistic YouTubers. Based on? Earlier this year, after public outcry and a report by Bot Sentinel, YouTube began de-ranking anti-Meghan Markle channels and videos dedicated to misogynistic commentary on Markle, who has been the subject of much negative discussion in the British press, as well as on the website since she married Prince Harry. For the British press has this negativity as well, right? So where do you make the distinction there? And was it made public by YouTube that any of these channels were getting quote unquote deranked? You want to talk about real problems. You've got the shadow banning. That's the real issue that you have, the suppression of videos. I've mentioned that one of the things I can note is if I say YouTube too often, or if I put YouTube in the title, that those videos tend to do more poorly. Um, and I couldn't tell you why, um, but we tend to overall call that suppression because YouTube's back office is doing something they don't like to hear people talking about themselves. And I don't blame them. It's their platform. Okay. Uh, but we can note it that we can note that it happens. Um, so this is occurring, uh, but we just have this Washington Post assertion up top. Women creators say they're frustrated that YouTube hasn't done more. Aren't we all? YouTube should be doing more on like 6,000 things. They say the company dismisses harassment and hate campaigns as drama. Are they? I mean, are we digging into this Washington Post? Did they exceed drama? Don't know. YouTube turns a blind eye when some of their larger creators spew misogyny. Rios said, so this is the main kind of interview, is this uh, Ms. Rios. So people in their comments really take hold of that messaging and go out and harass female creators. People in the comments do. Or they inspire smaller creators, and those smaller creators go on to harass women, and the cycle continues. We, we, we saw Christopher Boozy's people harassing Brie, harassing Natalie. We saw that. 
So, I mean, like there, there's some truth to, again, that role model concept going out there and spreading toxicity. I just don't know that everything's aimed in the right direction. Olivia D'Andrea, apologies if I get that pronunciation wrong, a wellness and self-improvement YouTube star in Los Angeles with over 2.3 million followers, presumably subscribers. Look, Washington Post, this isn't that big of a deal, uh, but we don't have followers on YouTube. You're the social media reporter, right? In any event, echoed those frustrations. Some commentary channels where YouTubers give their opinion or analysis on a variety of topics are particularly troubling. She said, commentary YouTube channels, especially the fitness ones, will comment on my videos and react and analyze what exactly was wrong with me. Uh, she said, the critiques of her body are hurtful. She said, I, I, I don't know the fitness space. Um, and I think that obviously, if you're going out there with, with body videos and you're a woman, or, or honestly, if you're a man, but but I, I can definitely see this affecting women more, that the internet is an unhappy place to be. Um, clearly, I mean, you've, you've gotten the subscribers, uh, you, you're having that success. I don't begrudge you for being upset at this, um, but I mean, is that is that arriving at harassment? Is that arriving at something that the platform, as Christopher Boozy would have it, should be regulated to do in terms of protection? I asked the question because I don't know the answer. Uh, certainly, anybody being uncomfortable uh, and, and, and having these kinds of interactions, it, it, that's an unhappy thing. Um, but I do think to some extent, as part of the human condition, uh, you get to a certain number of subscribers uh, or followers um, or elsewise, and, and you're going you're gonna to have some negative Nellies. I mean, that's just the nature of the beast. Um, and I think that is unfortunate. I wish humanity were different, uh, but I'm not sure that... Um, going and asking YouTube to change is the right call. Uh, people in DeAndrea's comment section became emboldened by these videos. DeAndrea said the YouTube commenters once used a screenshot of her feet on an airplane to figure out what airline she was flying on, what date, then use that information to locate her school and call the school to get her class schedule. I do sometimes fear I hope no one finds out where I live, she said. Yeah, absolutely. That is terrifying. Uh, it's also YouTube commenters um, who, who coordinate separately, presumably. So I, I, I don't know. Uh, Akala Hughes started making videos on YouTube in 2007, but quit the platform partially, she said, because of the racist and misogynistic attacks she endured. She attended the meetings in 2016 uh, and is dismayed by the platform's lack of progress. Um, so she, she quit at some point and she says YouTube should do more. Uh, Hughes and other creators said that YouTube could do several things to make it a safer platform for women, such as adding more robust controls to the comment section. Here, here. Uh, banning certain bad actors. All right, we got to talk definitions. And those whose channels are dedicated solely to attacking specific women. Again, we got to define attacking. We got to talk about this. Downraking misogynistic content. Again, who's watching the watchers? What do you mean? And providing more resources for female YouTubers suffering from online harassment. Again, I'm not sure why that should be limited to female, right? Yeah, absolutely. Get better comment sections, ban bad actors. I don't know what the certain is doing here, uh, and get more resources to people. Absolutely. The internet is a dangerous place. The internet is a scary place. YouTube, do better. But I'm not sure we have to limit that to gender. The fact is that success on YouTube for women is not the same as it is for men, she said. It's a target on your back the moment you become successful on YouTube as a woman. YouTube wants you to post all the time. They want you to find success, but they're not going to protect you once you have it. And again, the only issue I have with this, I don't think there's anything wrong here at all. I think this is the YouTube experience as I have found it, except for... Uh, limiting it specifically to, to the to the female experience, right? And I'm not going to sit here and tell you they don't have it worse because I don't know. I don't know if the Washington Post knows. Washington Post thinks. The Washington Post doesn't provide evidence one way or the other. 
Um, so I think YouTube could absolutely do better. I think YouTube could do better basically at everything all the time. It's just how I feel about YouTube. Um, but this is the article. As I said, I'm not going to come down too harshly on it. I don't know that there's a big problem there. I think it's interesting that you say, wow, doxing as, as an example early in your article about something that's bad and terrifying. Uh, and then you just throw Umbrella Guy's name out there for what reason? I don't know. You throw his name and his state out there in an article that is effectively accusing him of being a misogynist and and, and, and someone that is deserving of, of more problems in his life. But, you know, that was your choice, Taylor Lorenz. Um, and, you know, we'll see how that goes. Uh, but that's that's the article for today. Um, like I said, a bit of a serious one today. Obviously, we had a lot to talk about with respect to both uh, the legal YouTube community as well as um, Bot Sentinel, uh, Johnny Depp, and more. Um, I'm going to pull up these super chats. If you want to get any in before we cut off the channel, uh, let me know. Uh, otherwise, I'm also going to be trying to grab um, some other chats. Uh, and we'll, we'll, we'll try to end this uh, video pretty soon and send you on your Monday as I scroll through uh, this whole conversation that I was having about this article. Uh, and you guys had a lot of things to say, which I love. I love that you are uh, communicating. We're talking about these things and having this discussion, this discourse here. Rob says <clears throat> he turned his eye to Nick this morning. Yeah, I mean, the one thing that is at least very apparent um, and is disturbing to me um, is this notion of being able to go day by day, hour by hour, and seeing Ian, Joe, Rob, Nate, Nat, Bree, Nick, I mean, like, like down the line. Um, and like I said at the top of this video, that is not to say uh, that I think everybody handled things to the maximal best that they could <clears throat> on Twitter. Um, that's just not how human beings are. Um, but it is clear that he decided that criticism of his report from a group of very diverse individuals that have a lot of different thoughts and a lot of different audiences and a lot of different purposes for their channels were acting in lockstep as some kind of amorphous mob against him. Um, so, you know, we'll see. Nate is one thing, but he'll find a new challenge in Ricada. Now let's, uh, now let's talk about some curious reporting. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, Nick definitely won't back down. Um, as I understand it, he's also floating the line on strikes and, and things there. So, I mean, he's at least got to watch that in terms of sensitivity. Um, yeah, I don't, <sighs> this is not the way I would see conversations about these topics go. Um, and, uh, I think it's a shame, uh, because I do think he has some people in his thrall, uh, that think he's fighting a good fight and I think he's doing anything but, um, so we'll continue to comment on that here in this space. Uh, but everybody on, on my side, you know, if you're in chat right now, um, you know, no personal attacks, uh, no, no brigading, no raiding, uh, no, any of those things. Uh, we're going to, we're going to show that we're better. Uh, and we're going to show that, uh, that, uh, we understand what reasonable minds can differ really means. Uh, thanks, Rob, for the super chat. I really appreciate it. You know, you could just chat me. <laughs> Jess Rubery, being a fellow lawyer, I can see responding about the unauthorized practice of law, but now just let him rant. Uh, your success as YouTubers will be the best payback against people like Boozy. I agree, Jess. I, I, no, I, I think I think there are a number of things that uh, went further than I certainly would have. I, I would have defended myself against the quote unquote lawyer. I would have um, because that's uh, that's too far. Um, and uh, I would have uh, I would have done that. Uh, but yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't have gone further. Um, but that's me. Right. And I, I can't blame other people for taking a different approach than I would take. Um, but yeah, I agree with you, uh, Jess, you and I are on the same page on, on that. Uh, Daniel Izzo, it's anecdotal, but I've consistently noticed a marked difference between how men and uh, how women in threads get treated as opposed to me uh, and other men. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think I, I think that that is true. I, I don't think that you can't make the case that women have it worse. I don't think the article does. 
Um, and I, I think that I would like to see that. I would actually like to learn about that. Um, I would like to learn about that in YouTube. I would like to learn about that in gaming. I think there are all sorts of things that you can look at and say, we can be better as a people and we can have these conversations, but those conversations are lessened and their effectiveness lessened when they're easily dismissed, right? Anybody that even has maybe an ounce of misogyny or an inclination towards that direction that looks at the Washington Post article isn't going to be convinced. There's nothing there. Um, and so you're only preaching to your choir and you're only increasing divisiveness when we should be decreasing divisiveness, right? There's absolutely no reason to inherently believe anybody based on any characteristic is less than. And so let's have that conversation. Let's make that right. Let's make that our mantra. Uh, but when you put stuff out there that is weak, when you actually have as your exemplar, your, your knight in shining armor, somebody like Christopher Boozy attacking people, attacking, attacking, attacking with honestly racism of his own with stuff like the, you know, Uncle Tom type stuff and Nate is uh, not great, Bob. Um, and so, yes, I agree. Um, I, I, I want to see everybody treated equally. And I think those are good conversations to have. I wish that we were having our our betters, our, our masthead superiors having them. Daydreaming Pixie, thank you for becoming a member. That is awesome. We do have membership. We do have emojis. Some people have recommended a friend emoji for Lawyers and Dragons. We'll see. Uh, but thank you so much for becoming a member. I really appreciate that. Brit, Brit, I wonder if this is how the old cowboys felt as they saw the Wild West getting tamed. I remember when the internet was mostly unregulated and free. Today, people are so soft, they would not last three minutes in an early Call of Duty lobby. Yeah, and I'm not saying that was a pleasant experience, Brit, right? I have many interactions online on multiplayer that are not enjoyable. Now, primarily, I think the biggest crime is leaving the Microsoft open while listening to your wailing baby not being fed. Uh, but that's a distinction from discrimination, harassment, or otherwise. Uh, that appears to be the most common experience that I have. Uh, on online multiplayer, but absolutely. Um, and I don't know that you need regulation. What you need is shame. What you need is castigation. What you need is actually saying that's not something that, that, that we should be saying. That's not a thought that you should have. People are equal and we can have fun together with that notion. Um, but I'm also hesitant to give somebody like Microsoft the right to do horrible things uh, based on somewhat ambiguous definitions of what horrible things means to Microsoft, $2 trillion market cap company, on any given day. So again, that's just me. We can disagree on policy. We can have that conversation. That's what this whole life of ours is all about is agreement and disagreement and learning and growth and all that good stuff. Um, but that's a conversation that we would definitely want to have. Uh, Stupid kids, should we promote sending as many super chats as possible like Mr. Hogue did to Rob? Friday night? <laughs> uh, that was just to keep Rob on the air, folks. So if you weren't on Friday Night Frenzy, he had promised a 90 minute uh, video primarily because of me. Uh, because I had Lawyers and Dragons on Saturday. So I said, I can come on if we promise it's only 90 minutes. So of course, with 85 minutes into the episode, I, <laughs> uh, it's fun. It's fun to do this sometimes. It's also fun to help your friends uh, out and, and do these things. I said, hey, bring in the super chats. Come on in. Let's get that number higher and higher and higher. And I, I actually was only aiming at 10. I think we wound up getting 50 uh, or something like that. And it was it was wonderful. And it kept him, uh, it kept him on for another, uh, another hour. But I would point out that I am not a make you wait and be on an extra hour and abandon you. I think everybody that knows this knows that about me. I was on with Rob to the very end. I stayed on the extra hour because I did that. And that is a-okay. We had a blast. We had fun. It was a good Friday night um, after some uh, some not good stuff and before some not good stuff that would happen over the weekend. Linda DB with a super sticker. Thank you so much, Linda. I appreciate the support. All of the support from all of you. Uh, it is so fantastic uh, to, to see that. 
I just like this one. Kitty Splanin, hoax sigh of resignation, question mark. Echoes my own regarding how I'd like to see these conversations handled versus what's happening. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of that. There's a lot of me watching this happen um, and seeing, you know, somebody stir up the pot and people that I think are generally even keeled and, and good analysts have their buttons pressed. Uh, and I, and this is not blame, uh, but have those buttons pressed and, you know, do, do, do what he wants. And in a way that is, um, I, I don't think useful in the long term. but we're going to, we're going to fight it. We're going to, we're going to be continuing to talk about this space, this, this concept in this space. Uh, and we're all going to be okay. And we're all going to do good things. Reasonable minds can differ. The Washington Post article, as seems to become commonplace, makes zero effort to provide context. This isn't reporting. It's shouting into an echo chamber. Uh, yeah, I mean, like that's the issue with it, right? When we really closely read these things, and I think people don't, I don't blame them either for that, is that when we bring it into headlines, and we're going to look at every sentence, and we're going to look at when you bounce to your next assertion and say, is that backed up anywhere? And you're going to find it completely untethered. You're going to find sentences in that Washington Post article that are just, bam. These are, I don't know, Taylor Lorenz's thoughts um, in, in the paragraph. Um, they jump out at you, but people generally don't have the time, maybe don't have the inclination to go and do that kind of close reading. Um, and so that's what headlines is about. Uh, but yeah, we're going to keep doing this. We're growing. We got 1300 people, uh, in the, in the video right now. That's pretty amazing for freaking nine 30 in the morning. Um, and so we're going to, we're going to keep doing that. Rob followed up his comment with a super sticker. Thanks Rob. <laughs> I appreciate it very much. Um, uh, and another, and another super sticker, Rob, what are you doing in here? Is this, is it errors you given? Okay. All right. Uh, Nicole says, I appreciate you. High fives. Thank you, Nicole. That's very nice of you to say That's Sarah, human care bear, Hogue. Care bear stare. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. We were doing that on Friday. Certainly on Rob's channel. It was a, it was a very enjoyable time. Um, let's see here. We got us a super chat war cause we got a mighty convo rocking on the tube. Uh, music that's got to be to a tune, man. I don't, I don't have the backstop to do this. Glitter blade forever, Nicole. You guys are awesome. All right. Well, I think we're at about the two hour mark. We saw Rob in here. We saw legal bites in here. Um, lots of folks doing a lot of interesting stuff on YouTube that doesn't involve fighting with social media personalities. Please do check them out. Um, otherwise, as I mentioned at the top of this video, we do have the store. Uh, up and running. Right now, you can find it at treesofeternity.com. I will get the link directly in the description. Like I said, co-counsel is going to be very mad at me that I forgot to do that before this video. We'll check that out. We might even do a walkthrough, um, just kind of short to put on the channel to highlight that it's out there. But we've got you know, the virtual legality hats. We've got shirts. we got all sorts of good stuff. It is entirely my wife's wonderful job in getting that all up there. And uh, we also have a contribution from my youngest, the littlest Hogue, uh, who uh, has a very popular contribution in a rainbow uh, dinosaur playing a video game. Um, so do check that all out. Otherwise, folks, have a wonderful Monday. Uh, and I'll see you on the next Hangouts and Headlines. I will probably do a virtual legality episode before then. I feel like there's about 60 things I could do one on. I do also have to run a law firm. So, you know, we'll find time. But thank you so much for engaging in this community. Like if you like this stuff, you know, you throw a downvote if you didn't like it. Uh, but otherwise, share this kind of stuff. This is the important kind of conversation that needs to be had in more quarters with more people agreeing on each other's humanity, even if we don't agree on policy positions. And that can make the world a better place. So I feel positive about that. I feel positive about you. I feel positive about this Monday. Have a great one, folks. And I will see you soon.